The following episode may contain material that some listeners may find triggering or disturbing and may not be suitable for younger audiences, including depictions of sexual assault, violence, and suicide. Listener discretion is advised. I would definitely say, like, if there's anything that you do right now, like, go and find out your parents' story. Don't wait until they're gone and their friends are coming to you or your other family members are coming to you telling them, well, this this was going on with them at this age and, um, you know, painting a picture of their life to where you're like, oh. And I think that had I known a lot of their history, it would have made me approach them in a different way. I feel like I'm now living with the fact that my parents are not here, but at the same time, they still are. These are stories featuring everyday women who have overcome some extraordinary obstacles. From Ash Media Network, this is the good news. Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of the Good News Podcast. If you've been loving the story so far, please leave us a rating and a review on the podcast app that you are tuning in on. This helps others find and learn about the show. This goes without saying, but thank you so much for listening every week and allowing your minds to open up and listen to each of our stories. It means a lot to me. Today's story is from Adriana, whose remarkable resilience and warmth immediately struck me during our interview. Adriana had such a calm and composed demeanor that even though she was the one sharing her innermost thoughts and taking us through the hardest parts of her life, she put me at ease. Her presence was both comforting and inspiring, and I was incredibly grateful for the opportunity to sit down with her. Here's Adriana. My name is Adriana. I am from Dallas, Texas, and I'm now in the Houston area. I love Dallas because it's home and it just, it feels good being back there and, you know, driving through the streets and remembering things and stuff like that. And honestly, I I used to say that I would raise my family in Dallas, but I like Houston professionally. There's so much opportunity in Houston for anything. You name it, you can do it here in Houston. So college was something that was really exciting for me. I had already known what school I wanted to go to. So I remember the night that I was packing up to go to college, my mom was cleaning our house and she, no, it was, I'm sorry, two nights before. And she placed a glass at the bottom of the stairs, like a drinking glass. And here I am sneaking down the kitchen to make a sandwich at like one in the morning and I stepped on the glass. So I had to go to the hospital, get stitches. So my first two weeks in college, I was in a boot. (laughs) But I was like at all the get togethers, I'm like the girl in the boot (laughs) everywhere. But college was, uh, I was so excited to go. My mom was so excited for me to go because I'm first gen. I was involved in, I first started with yearbook. So I did yearbook a little bit and I was really into photography and things like that. So that's where I found my niche. That's where my people were in yearbook. 
I started working in admissions, so I started doing tours and things like that of campus, and that was really fun. Had a, another group of friends there. But yeah, going to college in Houston, so I went to Texas Southern. Um, going to college in Houston really opened that window for me to see how much opportunity was here because there's so many people that want you to succeed. I'll, I will say at HBCUs, I've seen that and probably across the board, but I really felt like they wanted us to succeed and like gave us all the tools to do that. Once I reached a certain point, just wanting to put my family first and dropping out was so that I could make money so that I would be able to do that. Um, I will say I made the mistake of having a really good paying job early. So I saw that it'd be okay. I can do this and if I need to go back, it's always there. But an opportunity like this might not be there. I am one of those people that take things as signs. So a few things led up to it and then I was like, okay, this is going to be the best decision. Again, I can always come back to school. I wanted my mom to have better and my brother to have better. And at that time, it was just really my mom and my brother that were at my focus. So um, the, the decision was really easy for me to, to drop out. So um, I stayed in Houston and I just started working. I would say probably my sophomore year, my dad reached out to me and we started working on our relationship. Um, because when, when I was younger, we didn't really have a relationship. I would see him every once in a while, but we were always in very different locations, whether he was in Chicago or Austin. Um, we were just never together. As we started building our relationship, you know, he, he would send gifts and stuff like that. And then it came to a point where financially he too was struggling. I would help him where I could. And then I did with him, I did get to a point where I was frustrated. And I don't think that that frustration was for him. It was just um, something that he received from me because of everything that I was doing. With my mom, I didn't really feel that uh, resentment. I just wanted the best for her so that she can experience the world from what I've seen. Like my freshman year, I was out in Florida. And after that, I got the travel bug. So I'm like, I want my mom to see this part of the world. And I, want, I wanted her to have it all because I thought she deserved it. And for my dad, the same thing. He was military after that. Something happened to where I, he told me that he fell in a manhole in Chicago. And so he was severely injured. So when I went to visit him in 2018, like he was in a wheelchair and he was unable to do a lot of things for himself. So while I was frustrated, that visit with him really made me see like he cannot work. Because I know what it's like to struggle, and I, I saw my parents struggle, so yeah, I didn't want them to go through that anymore. I had moved on from working at the construction company, and I started working with CPS. 
and which is Child Protective Services. I was at work, I was in a classroom with some of our um, girls and I got a phone call saying that I needed to come to Chicago because my dad needed his next of kin. I was, you know, taken off guard so I walked out and then my aunt broke down the situation for me that he was in a coma and the doctor showed me his brain activity and it was very minimal. Ultimately, he had been sick and had died of complications from pneumonia. When I got that phone call, I was, I didn't react initially. So it was, it was really hard because I, my last time speaking to him, was his girlfriend that told me, you know, check on your dad, he's been sick. So I was like, okay, so you know, I'll just call and check on him. I didn't know that that would build up in me to that moment. And it, it felt so unreal. I'm still expecting like my grandmother and my aunt to like to coddle me and answer all the questions and like, I'm just here because I'm his baby. When I came back from Chicago, my my father was still alive. Um, when my aunts would go up there to the hospital, I would just ask them to put me on speaker and I'd say a few words to him. When I got back, maybe three or four days after that, he passed away. My mom is the one who actually called to tell me. So she was telling me and she's like so apologetic. At the end of our conversation, she said, and I have something to tell you. And my mom is not good with giving bad news. And then she said, I've, I've been diagnosed with cancer. The, the highs and the lows, they, they made me go high and low too. I would, I would try to meet her in the middle and stay even, but it's like, if Hearing your parents say like they want to give up or that they're dying is very difficult. So I did go back to college because my mom, she would ask me, when are you going to graduate? That could bring my family together for good. Like, we're always coming together for funerals. I need to go ahead and do this and get my family together and let's celebrate something good. And I know it was going to, it was going to make her so proud anyways and I ended up finishing but I also found out that I was pregnant. The weekend prior to me delivering I called my doctor to get permission to go see my mom. She had been in the hospital. I went out there waddled through the hospital to see her. Um, she like got to rub on my belly and feel the baby kicking around and stuff like that. I ended up giving birth on the morning of my birthday and the next day my fiance was there and my phone was across the room on the charger and he opened it because I got a notification and that notification was that my mom had passed away. I was listening to an episode on NPR's Code Switch called The Women Behind the Montgomery Bus Boycott. And when I say I was tapped in from the moment I pressed play, 
When we think about the bus boycott, we think about Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King, but we never really learned how this bus boycott was organized. But in this episode, you hear directly from the many women who organized for months and did what it took to make this bus boycott happen. And y'all, I was locked in the entire time. If you're interested in hearing more stories like this, you have to check out NPR's podcasts. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Stories of joy, stories of resilience, stories that are distinct and varied and nuanced as the Black experience itself. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. I had already been preparing myself mentally and that started kind of early on when she first um, found out that she had cancer. Unfortunately, I was the type of person that if we knew that we were about to lose a family member, I would draw back. And that was a defense mechanism that I used to protect myself from getting closer to the to them in the end. So it wouldn't hurt as much. Overall that that feeling of of loss, but you've gained so much more in this new life. I have heard so many times like God, He gives life and He takes life. You want it to be different, but sometimes it just is what it is. I went to Dallas to get her things um, that she had left behind and went through that. Just seeing all of her old pictures, like, I was was so happy and so grateful to have all of those pictures and things that she had. I would definitely say, like, if there's anything that you do right now, like, go and find out your parents' story. Don't wait until they're gone and their friends are coming to you or your other family members are coming to you telling them, well, this this was going on with them at this age and, um, you know, painting a picture of their life to where you're like, oh, you know. And I think that had I known a lot of their history, it would have made me approach them in a different way. I feel like I'm now living with the fact that my parents are not here, but at the same time, they still are. Adriana and I talked a lot about grief, and unfortunately, it is something we all have in common. As we get older, so do the people we love, and they won't be here forever. So I asked Adriana, in her opinion, How do we move through the grief of losing someone, but also how do we continue to honor and appreciate who they were to us? Even though we may be experiencing loss, how can we continue to gain? So I think that you do that through remembering and honoring their lives. Um, I don't for a second want my daughter to grow up not knowing who her grandparents were. Um, even the more I learn about them, their life lessons and things like that, and it's important to, you know, 
uh, include them in her upbringing to me. That's so important, which is why I've been trying to write so much and things like that, because if there is something that I can't say to her, hopefully she'll be able to read that. I don't have the random hurt anymore. It's more of like joy. I've been having these memories come back to me that have been blowing my mind. Like, how did I pull this out of my brain? And how is it so far tucked that I forgot about it? I asked Adriana my favorite question that I ask everyone. For someone who may be going through what you've been through and currently experiencing grief, maybe they lost a parent or someone super close to them, what is the best piece of advice you could give them? And for someone who has never experienced this before, what's the best piece of advice you could give them? The best piece of advice, I would say trying to remove all of that guilt or shame that you might feel or regret for that matter that you might feel about anything because if whatever it was that is hurting you was supposed to happen or was going to happen it would have and you know you just have to move forward from that both of my parents there were there was a lot of times where I would be, I would want to say something that would, I guess, kind of expose me emotionally and I would just get choked up because I wasn't able to say certain things for some reason. And I, you know, I dealt with that regret and all it does is it just hurts you. It just eats you up. It just makes your face wet with tears and it's not. And if you can battle all of that first, it makes grieving less difficult. It never gets easy, it just gets less difficult. There would be times where I could be laughing with my family at a movie night, but that night I go get in the shower and I'm on the floor and I can't stand up. So it's not a perfect step-by-step, -step, okay, you've admitted it to yourself, this has happened, and then the next step, and then the next step, and it would be nice if it was that easy, but it, it really isn't. And just be patient with yourself and don't be hard on yourself. Celebrate their time that they spent on this earth. And I know that kind of is like a cliche, but the more that I thought about it, death should be a celebration of life. And we hear that all the time at funerals. Oh, celebrate their lives, whatever. But in reality, it really should be that. It took these two people that were so close to me to realize that I'm going to celebrate and keep their name lifted because they are my people and I love them and they will live on through me. If you are headed down that road, whether it be, you know, a loved one is sick or you know, they're getting up in age. Educate yourself on their journey and what what it could look like for them day by day. You know, if it's maybe a loved one is getting up in age, um, they, they need more than anything 
your actual physical presence and to be loved on and hear them listen to their story don't you know be so quick to jump in and add what you think you know or what you learned at school they're the ones that are going through it and it's just important to be there for them in that way Before we finished our interview, I asked Adriana, in this entire experience, what was the biggest thing you learned about yourself? What do you think your parents would say about the Adriana that you've grown into today? And lastly, if you can look back on all that you've overcome and continue to overcome, what's the good news you can share? One of the biggest things that I learned is that I needed to work on being an active listener and that that came more from like listening to my mom and listening to my family and what they were trying to tell me and it's and it's so weird because I I do that professionally I have to be a good listener I have to hear in between the lines most of the time for the population that I serve. But why couldn't I do that in my personal life? So I would say just I learned more to how to listen with intention and listen more actively so that as everything doesn't need your say or your solutions, sometimes people just need you to listen. I think they would be very, um, very proud of who I am today. I know that they wouldn't be mad at me or getting frustrated with them. I know that (laughs) my mom would be in the grocery store talking to strangers, showing (laughs) her granddaughter people in the produce section. (laughs) Same with my dad. Like, I already know how they would be. I don't know. I'm just happy with my family um so not only am I a parent but I'm also a step parent and I just I love being with them and I don't know there's just so much to be celebrated right now I've been looking for a house and I'll be having a wedding November of 2024 no this is not how I saw my life but I love it even more If you or someone you know is coping with grief and loss, it's important to remember that whatever type of loss you've suffered, there is no right or wrong way to grieve. Click the link in the description of today's episode to learn more about your local services that may be available to you. The Good News Podcast is a collection of personal stories told week by week with brand new episodes every Wednesday. Brought to you by Ash Media Network. And remember, with every bad day, there will always be a good day to follow. With every obstacle comes a victory. There is always something good to look forward to. Good news is always on its way.